You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. It's been a couple weeks since I've had a new guest, so apologies for those who have been anxiously awaiting for some new content. And I don't think I could have picked a better guest to come back to. Today, I sat down with Casey O'Neill and had an awesome conversation. Coach O'Neill is the head lacrosse coach and assistant athletic director at Gonzaga College High School in Washington, D.C., and one of my old high school rivals from back in the day. Coach O'Neill took over the head coaching job at Gonzaga in 2008. The team won its first championship in 12 years under Coach O'Neill two years later in the 2010 season, and the program hasn't looked back since, winning every WCAC championship since then except one. The program now is All-Americans every year, and most of the team goes on to play college lacrosse. He's someone I've always respected as a coach, so it was an honor to talk to him today about a variety of things including the strategy and principles he used to really turn the program into what it is today, how he mentors and empowers his captains on the team, what he feels his biggest impact on his players is, and his own personal definition of leadership. Again, it was a great time talking to Coach O'Neill today, and I'm glad he found some time on, on a Saturday to chat with me. So here is our conversation on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Hey, Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate it, Luke. Good morning. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said in the intro, you've always been somebody that I, I've respected in the, the D.C. area, in the lacrosse world, and what you've been able to do with Gonzaga and that program. Um, you know, when I was a, a freshman and sophomore, you guys were, were similar to Good Counsel and DeMatha, you know, right near the top, but, you know, the IAC schools were still a little bit better than us. And then, you know, you, you guys really haven't looked back since then and have really dominated the the dc lacrosse scene across the board um so it's been pretty impressive and and you're someone that i've wanted to get on the show for a little bit of time so if you could start with just kind of what are some of the the fundamental values and principles that you all preach and stress as a coaching staff and and really a program that you think has led to the success you've had in the past decade well, first off, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate those kind words. Um, you know, nothing really worth anything is kind of just given to you. You know, we, we really had a, you know, these values of, of, of hard work, you know, and consistent work to, to get to where we are and, and what we've done. And it, and it gets harder, um, you know, back there when you, you said you were a freshman, a sophomore, you know, the landscape in this area was, you know, a, a couple schools that, that were really, you know, more or less elite. And then, and then the rest of the programs had good athletes, but just hadn't really gotten to that point yet. And, you know, when I, when I became the head coach, <clears throat> there was a, there was a photo um, of one of our players actually in a game we lost, but he, he's diving, he's diving to catch one of the, the math players and the math in our conference throughout the early, you know, two thousands uh, was, was the team, you know, they, they had won right. so many, and so that was kind of the goal was, you know, nobody else but just catch them, right? And this picture kind of sort of identified our, our first core principle 
of, of never give up. I mean, that was number one, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, it's a picture of a, a young man who's, who's trying to, he's riding and he's, and he's, he's diving and trying to catch, catch uh, DeMassa defenseman clearing the ball. And, you know, honestly, I don't think he caught him, but it, it didn't matter. The picture was him just all out giving everything and, and never give up became our, our, our first core principle. And, and the kids really bought into that because there was something they could see. They could see this picture. It's a beautiful picture. It's in my office. Uh, we've had it all over social media. Um, and then we needed more core principles. And, and I thought a lot about it. And, and sort of like with any company, it's like your mission statement, right? Like, what do you stand for? What, what if you're walking on the street and someone asks you, what does Gonzaga lacrosse mean to you? What does good counsel lacrosse? What does the math lacrosse? What, are the, what do those things mean to you? And, you know, what is your mission statement? And we really needed to, to think about it as we were building this. And we knew Never Give Up was the first one. But being at a Jesuit, you know, Catholic school, you know, we, we wanted the kids to buy into this idea of, of God and family, right? That, that this program, there's something greater than us and, and we are a family. So every, those two things came in. So, so go God and family. And then the last one was, <clears throat> what do we want to teach our young men, you know, about growing up and, and, and accountability came through. So we came up with never give up God and family and accountability, right? And accountability is the one where, hey, I take ownership for my mistakes and I'm going to make up for that, right? I'm going to own up to it. Uh, I'm going to go out there, correct them uh, off the field in terms of, you know, how we act in the public, how we act when we're, you know, at parties or, or anywhere off campus, how we act in the classroom, right? We're going to take responsibility for that. And the kids really started to buy into it. And it started to reflect in our practices. It started to reflect in our games. It started to reflect um, in the preparation and the things we did. And, and nowadays, everybody kind of, they, knows, they know that is our mission statement. That is what we stand for. And so really the first goal was we're going to do whatever it takes to, to catch up to DeMatha. We weren't worried about teams from, you know, the IEC or Baltimore or even nationally. I mean, that was the first goal. You, you have to take these little steps to get to the big things. And, right. um, and it started to go there. Yeah, and I, I, I love all that, Coach. And, and I think, you know, there's so many pieces to that. The picture and kind of the catching DeMatha uh, I sat down with Ben, our, our owner and founder, a couple of weeks back, and, and we did a, a conversation on, on storytelling and how important that is to, to leadership and program success, the stories you tell yourself as a team. And that's definitely a, a, a huge piece when you're looking in completely shifting the direction of programs going. So that's a, a great little tip for, for any coaches out there that are either taking over a program or, or really want to shift the direction their team is going is kind of start with something like that, a, a visual representation or, or an oral representation of where you guys are at and where you, where you want to get to. And then those really defining what your program stands for is, is really impressive at the high school level and getting that to be so bought in by the team and the culture and, and everyone around the program. Cause you don't see that very often in high school programs, such a defined culture with, recognizable principles and values that that people can attach to your team and program and I'm sure the the leadership within the team played a huge piece in getting the buy-in from the rest of the team because sometimes as a, as a high school coach with high school players you know there is a big age difference and you know there's not necessarily any reflection on on programs but the maturity level of of your athletes is you know you're dealing with with high school kids and sometimes it's hard for them to see a bigger picture and they got a lot of stuff going on 
So what do you guys do as a, as a staff and organization to kind of train and develop leaders that you think has been so helpful in getting that buy-in and, and continuing this culture of success? You know, I, I think it's, look, each year is, is a different year, and we know that different players, um, you know, like I said with that mission statement with our core principles, those, those stay the same, okay? Those stay the same, your mission mm -hmm. statement, but there's a different pulse, there's a different vibe every single year, you know, of kids. They come in, they kind of change from year in and year out, so the, <clears throat> excuse me, the pulse of the team is, is different. So what we've learned over the first, you know, and again, this is a learning process for coaches, right? I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out and read quotes and learn from other practices and coaches and things of what they right. do. But we had we had to really learn to to adapt and adjust to the to the players each year because I think those first first four or five years of of coaching, you know, we we were in one speed and one mode, and that was the never give up. Like we're gonna do whatever it takes to to catch to catch this team and, and to get this to get this championship or you know, get our first kid to go, you know, be an All-American or, or whatever it was. Yeah. And I think we really had an awakening as a staff where we had to adjust how we treated certain players, how we, you know, how we managed and changed our offense, our defense, our rides, our clears, how we adjusted to, you know, the, the changing of the, of the rules of the game and things that we had to do. And so, you know, I think one thing we never changed was those principles, um, the sort of pace of our practice, our, our off-season conditioning, lifting, uh, film watching, you know, those, those changed a little bit. But, again, we had to adapt and adjust to, like, and, and realize that, you know, I have a big coaching staff, and we all came from different backgrounds of, of D1, D3, who played in the, you know, MLL or this or that. Right. And we all kind of had our way of doing things. But I think once we realized, you know, hey, kids change, you know, different parents, different backgrounds. And we started to adjust to that and really understand what, you know, how this kid can handle this or that kid and how collectively what's best for that group. I think that was really, really important. But the core principles never, never, ever changed. I will say this. One thing that didn't change as well is the, sort of the pace and speed of, of how we prepare and practice. You know, day before a game, I mean, we are not walking through. If we're walking through something, it's for maybe five to ten minutes. Right. Kids need to go. And we, we practice fast. You know, we're battling three-on-threes, one-on-ones the day before a championship game, the day before we're playing, like, boys Latin or Landon. I mean, we are battling. You know, we are pushing that constant just speed and hard work because we never want these kids to think that it's, you know, there's, there's a comfort level, you know, that, that, that right. we can be at. Um, so hopefully that kind of answers the question a little bit. Yeah, it does for sure. And I think that's a huge piece, again, sometimes in the, in the high school realm, your teams do change so much from year to year, even more so than the college level, I think, in my opinion. So to be able to keep those values and principles constant is a huge part of continuing program success and, and having year after year different, different athletes on your team and different personalities and, like you said, a different pulse. But the overall culture and your values don't change. Um, and I think – at the player leadership as well as the coaches it sounds like from a from a coaching and, and staff perspective you guys have really honed in on that that key solution that you guys have come up with the right formula to carry that out is there anything that goes on kind of behind the scenes that maybe the the outside world or maybe even some of the the younger players 
don't really see that you guys do to promote leadership development or, or team cohesion within the program? I mean, I think it's very, you know, if people saw, I guess, again, behind the scenes, the amount of time we spend in the film room, the, you know, a lot of people look, you know, from the outside and just say, okay, that's, you know, they got the best players. Uh, they have the best athletes. And of course that's, you know, those are the type of kids we want, you know, we want the kids that are, you know, two questions I always ask young men when they come to visit the school is, you know, what are your grades like? Are you a smart young man? And what other sports do you play? So what people don't, I don't think they see behind the scenes is the diversity of how many different kids are playing different sports, how we as a high school, a, a nine through 12, you know, program have a limited window to, to develop this, you know, cohesiveness. Um, mm -hmm. what, what we do, you know, in terms of like individual meetings throughout the year and checking up on their, I'll be honest, you know, their social status, their workout status, uh, their great academic status um, and trying to, and again, colleges have this, you know, they've got to get these kids in here and, and, and for four years, but to really be what we want to be, we, we have to know what each individual player is, is sort of up to and, and how they're behaving and then, and then balance that with, you know, letting them have the freedom of, accountability in terms of the weight room and when they're in there in the off season. Um, you know, I never want the kids to be this 24 hours, 365 days, you know, all across. Okay. And so behind the scenes, it's, it's, it's that balancing act. It's making sure that these kids are, you know, behaving, they're representing our program, you know, and then when we get that limited window, cause in high school lacrosse, <clears throat> excuse me, we have these rules, like we, we can't, have practices until February 20, right? Full practices. We can't, you know, do certain things in terms of preparation because of league rules. And so when we hit the ground running from February 20 to, you know, early May, that's a short window to put together a, hopefully a championship team. And so the work you have to get into right there, once you've selected your team, play those games, you know, scrimmages, practices, it's harder work than people, than people realize. And so behind the scenes, you know, there is so much that goes into it. And these kids are sacrificing a lot to be a part of this program. And these coaches that people don't understand, I mean, this is, again, high school. It's not a full-time job. These guys have other jobs that the coaches are doing. You know, they're waking up at 4 or 5 a.m. to go to their job so they can leave at 3 and they can be at practice by 4.30 to make this thing work. You know, parents that are volunteering time to help, you know, uh, you know help us in, in whatever way we need with media guides and things. There's, it's, it's such... There's so much work that goes behind the scenes that people would have no idea. Um, they just say, oh, they got great uniforms. They look good. They're out there. They're playing hard. And right. I mean, there's literally this machine behind it, um, essentially volunteering to, to make this thing work. Um, and it's all because of a few reasons. People love the program. People love the school. Uh, they believe in that mission statement, right, that mm -hmm. was created years ago. And they want to be a part of it. Um, and it's something that they can, they can be proud to put their, you know, their name behind. So that was a long winded answer. I think I kind of went off the, off the, uh, the rocker there, but it's uh, I think number one, people just how much work really, really goes into it from tons and tons of individuals. Yeah, no. And that's, I know you, you think that was a long winded answer, but it really, that probably barely even touches all the details that really go into that, that machine, like you said, and that's really what it is when, when you have a program that's functioning at such a high level, there are so many cogs in the wheel that have to come together at the right time with the right amount of effort. 
and the right amount of attention to detail. Like you said, those, those individual meetings with your players for high school kids can make such a huge impact. And just one, letting them know that someone cares about them on more than just an athletic standpoint. And that has been one of the biggest commonalities I've seen across the board with successful coaches and successful leaders is the holistic approach to it and not just caring about in the locker room and on the field, but socially, academically, at home, with their faith, their spirituality. Yep. Everything combined is really what makes your athletes know that you care and know that you're making a legitimate and true effort to make them better across the board. And, and again, not just inside their sport. And a big piece of that cog for you outside of the coaching staff is definitely your players. And I know that the senior leadership on your team plays a big part and your captains play a big part. So to yeah. start into that realm, how do you go about selecting your captains? So the captains, um, it's, it's a team vote. Um, and it's obviously, you know, it, it's at the end of our year where, you know, we finished our season. Um, we sit the boys down. We talk about, you know, them voting for uh, next year's captains, whether it's three seniors, four seniors, you know, whatever number. And, and we look at it. And then we as a staff look at the votes. Um, we obviously have a, a, a coach's input in terms of, you know, not necessarily that this young man isn't ready for it, but, but he might be. Um, and so we let the players vote on it. Um, and, and usually, you know, the, these kids are smart enough. Um, you know, they've been around the locker room behind the scenes, you know, their time together off campus in campus on who they want to represent them. Um, and then as a coaching staff, we also usually maybe mid-year, you know, off season or, or during the season, we'll select somebody that we think um, can, can join in, in that way. Um, and, and so as they become captains, you know, we, we tell them, you know, gone to the days of, yeah, you're going to, you know, lead them in the stretching, right. And lead them out of the, right. out of the locker room and the bus. And, uh, there's so many more things. And I think, you know, looking at the questions here, like, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but it's, there's so much more to it, you know, about attacking problems before, before they even, you know, arise, right. Uh, about adjusting, you know, to what the team wants uh, about letting the, the captains sort of be part of some of the selection on, on, on how we're going to attack that day, you know, in practice and make adjustments right. um, and really beginning to, you know, understand what this, this new pulse in this team is going to be like. So to answer your questions, we let the kids vote on it, but the, but the coaches, um, you know, usually have a say on, on maybe one or two more uh, right. that we think will represent. In some years it's, three you know some years it's five uh some years we have a you know a junior captain right a young man that's mm -hmm. that is that well sort of thought about and is ready to step in and it's that happens a couple times uh, so that's how they're selected yeah and I, and I really really like that that's how you guys handle it because a lot of times at the high school level you see coaches a little bit tentative to give that power to to their athletes and and their players in selecting captains and they kind of hold on to it themselves yeah. and select who they think will make the best captains on the team. And I think that kind of does that system does a little bit of a disservice to your team because it kind of reflects, uh, I'm not ready to give, you know, that amount of responsibility to the players to pick their own leaders. So I, I, I appreciate that you do that as a program 
And obviously you always want to have a little bit of oversight as, as a coach and especially at the high school level. Sure. Um, oh, I don't think, I don't think we've ever once, you know, these kids that get multiple votes have just taken it away. Yeah. Right. If, right. If anything, that's just an opportunity for maybe, you know, if there's, if there, if there might be a head scratcher, it's an opportunity to bring that individual who was voted, right. Who, who might be, you know, wow, they, they voted me, but it's an opportunity to develop a leader. It's an opportunity for him to understand the responsibilities he have. It's an opportunity right. for a young man who, you know, again, not, not ready for it, but all of a sudden you sit down with him multiple times and he understands sort of the weight, not the weight that's on his shoulders, but sort of the responsibility. And it could be the best thing that ever happened to him in his early right. 17 years of, of being alive, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like this is a big deal. And I, and I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it is. And, and the, the importance of that, of being a captain and being a leader on your team, you know, that's, you know, we have six tenets of leadership at the captain's coach. And number one is everything rises and falls with leadership and specifically your, your player leadership. And to be able to recognize that as a young kid is pretty tough. Uh, you know, a senior, a senior in high school, especially someone who may or may not think that they're going to get voted to be a captain and then be thrust into this, this position the second piece of what you were talking about, you know, you let these kids know, hey, this isn't just you get to now lead the stretches and lead our warmups before the game. This is more than that. And very rarely do you see that successfully accomplished at the high school level with, with younger kids being able to understand that and coaches relinquishing some of that responsibility onto their player leadership. So how do you go about that specifically, you know, kind of inculcating the that leadership whether they be seniors or juniors those captains into kind of you know that next rung of program leadership where you're giving them more responsibility you're you're kind of helping them develop as a leader being in tune to the team what the team needs daily practices is that something that you have regular sit downs with them is that something you sit down with them at the beginning of the season and you check up every now and then kind of what does that look like for you all as a program yeah, I think so. Once they once they are sort of uh, voted in, uh, um, and we've you know select, finished selecting, and we announce it at our end of the year banquet, those young men mm-hmm. get to get to stand up in front of uh, you know all the parents and everybody, and, and we kind of pass the torch right from from the, say the twenty nineteen captains this year to the twenty twenty, and mm-hmm. sort of the, it's the last thing we do at our <clears throat> excuse me our awards banquet um, in in late May, and you know from then on the boys you know it's their first probably opportunity to get up. And, say a few words in front of people right they're yeah. nervous yeah and then you know I, I believe that that distance is is important like right after a season where I'm tired of hearing myself speak so much because I've talked to them every single day and, and right. it's, we're in the locker room doing these things and we kind of get away they do their exams and boom we kind of get back to here in, in in early summer and we meet with the boys right one of their first responsibilities is to meet some of the new families that are coming in next year and to stand you know behind a table with Gonzaga lacrosse gear and that's they're awesome. welcoming these new families, you know, to the school and talking about what the programs meant to them and, you know, how, how, how the year kind of goes and what it was like when they were freshmen or on JV and, and all these things. <clears throat> and then we start to have some, obviously with social media and phones today, you know, I can push up a button with my phone, have all four or five captains and say, Hey, I want to meet with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, throughout the summer, we're kind of monitoring them, seeing how they do in the summer tournaments and, you know, seeing how they lead. When we get to the beginning of the school year, there is that sit down and it's that first kind of big meeting with me and the boys. <clears throat> and what I like to ask them is, and I mentioned this before, is 
I want to start to address problems before they've come up. I want you guys to really think about all the individuals, right, that are returning players, um, potential, you know, potential guys that will make this team. And I want you to start to look and think about any, any problems so that when they come up, right, we, we know how to deal with this. And it could be anything from kids that are struggling academically, kids that are struggling mentally, kids that, you know, whose families and parents might have, be having issues, kids right. that might be getting into trouble, whether it's social behavior. Um, and again, they're, they're usually a little bit <clears throat> apprehensive to, to really think about that, you know, like, ah, mm -hmm. oh, he's fine or he's fine. But just knowing that they're thinking about it. And I said, because all this reflects, right? Everything we do, every time we wear that sweatshirt, right? Or that jersey, or every time you're at a party or this or that, I just want you to think about that. Because once we get to, fe you know, late February in the season, we honestly don't have time to, to fix some big issue that maybe we could have thought about earlier. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's, the season is so fast. So we want to be able to know how to handle this, how to make sure we're in the right mindset. And I think with the off season, the lifting, right, the running and all the things we do, it sorts of give them a good idea. And trust me, any fall tournaments or any lifting, you know, if something goes wrong, the captains get their first taste of what it's like to come into my office, right? And say, yeah, you know, I don't like the way things are happening. Quite frankly, I don't like the way, you know, or, or I'm very proud of you guys. You know, it, it, it's give and take. And so they're understanding that. So we do have, I wouldn't say quarterly meetings or they just happen when they need to. But there's definitely that mm -hmm. first meeting where they understand that uh, about, about the responsibility they have to this, to this team. And it, it just goes as needed, right? How many times we need to meet, right. uh, how many times, you know, one needs to be pulled aside after a, you know, morning lift. Um, and, and they start to get it. And again, it, 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 it's like every year it's, it's their new guys. There's, there's new pulse, there's new sort of problems that arise, things that I would have never have thought of, you know, but they happen and we learn how to adjust and adapt to that. And that's, that's life, you know? Yeah, that's huge. And I really like your, your take on, on how you meet and your interactions with your captains. You know, you do kind of set the, set the groundwork with that beginning of the year meeting, let them know the expectations, let them know what you, what you want from them, where you, where you see the season going from the beginning. And you guys have that, that group discussion on, on what problems may arise. And that definitely is a first big test for someone who's probably stepping into the first substantial leadership position of their, of their life at that point. Um, and like you said, trying to anticipate issues on the team, whether that be problems within their control and problems out of their control. Right. And right. It, one of my guests previously, we talked about the challenge with younger, younger athlete leaders is the balance between accountability and empathy with their, you know, high school, these are your best friends and these are people you're really, really close with. And, you know, it's a smaller school. So you, you see them all the time, you know, being able to balance, Hey, I understand what you're going through and Hey, this is how we're going to, you know, kind of try to fix this problem and then balance that with like, Hey, you got to get your stuff together. Hey, like we're not going to tolerate this once the season gets going. Cause like you said, you don't have much time. You really no. don't. It's a quick season. It's a short season. Um, and the fact that you can't start, you know, full practice until late February shortens it even more. Yeah. yeah. And, and another piece of that is you're not, you don't have a stranglehold over them too. I think sometimes with high school and college coaches with their captains, they can feel like they got to, you know, stranglehold them and, and meet with them every day and, and, you know, 
scheduled out times where they have to, you know, feel like they're in control of the captains and they're directing them as best they can. But I think the approach you have is, is kind of the ideal, you know, you meet when you have to, you know, if there's stuff that's you're starting to see as a coach that you don't like the way it's going, you know, you're able to see before it becomes a huge problem and you have enough faith in the guys to say, Hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm seeing. You guys take care of it before it becomes something bigger where I actually have to step in. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that's a huge piece of, of letting your letting your captains influence the team in the direction that you want them to go. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.